Hey, hey, it's Wednesday night. I'm so excited. Uh, I'll be more excited when it's Thursday night, but for now, I'm pretty excited that it's Wednesday night. I don't know if this is a compliment. I'm, I'm generally thinking this is not a compliment when someone says this to you, but I walked in the building downstairs in the lobby, and the first thing that the security guard on hell said to me was, you look really tired. Great. Come okay. on, man. <laughs> so poor Jay. I told Jay that. And he goes, after this pause, no, 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 you don't look really tired. After a pause. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. He was trying to make up for on hell, not recognizing that that is not a compliment. But I said, well, the good news is it's radio, so it doesn't really matter what I look like necessarily. On Hell is a really nice guy, though. He is. In fact, he loves our videos, both the he pumpkin carving. Me. He told you? He what did told he me, say? He told me the other, the other morning, leaving. He goes, oh, James, by the way, which, yeah, he knows my name. He goes, of course he does. You're famous. <laughs> he goes, James, uh, I, I watched your YouTube videos. I just subscribed and liked, and I was like, oh, I know. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you're the man. Thank you. appreciate you. And he goes, they were so funny. I loved them. I was like, well. Appreciate you watching. He told me they were epic. So I got epic. And then, oh, would you like to know what he said about your trunk? All right. <laughs> he he went from oh I loved your pumpkin carving video oh I loved your Halloween candy and then he started telling me his favorite Halloween candy and then he said but my favorite video is junk in the trunk he actually <laughs> knew the name of the video it's the second episode in our Stairway to Seven series if you haven't seen it well it's gaining some traction on YouTube again because people are discovering it as they go to watch us carve up Josephine Ooh, that sounds very gory. Anyway, uh, as they go to our, our double feature that we did for Halloween week and for the fall, they're discovering junk in the trunk. And he said to me, that's my favorite. It's so funny. And I said, well, it's funny until I pull a pillow out of Jay's trunk. And he's like, I know that's gross. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Not on your side. Not my back there. He, no, he did not have your back. In fact, you recently told me that you caved and finally removed said pillow from your trunk. I did, but it wasn't because of any backlash or criticism from the video i just happened to put it my... was from the backlash and criticism from me <laughs> no no <laughs> i just happened to i had to put my golf clubs in there or something and i just needed the room so i took them out oh the pillow didn't fit with your golf clubs right right oh interesting so actually, I don't, I, something like that because the pillow and the blanket are both not in my trunk at the moment i but bet that you use them and forgot all about it i didn't use them in the car where are they i, I don't know maybe in the garage maybe so i put them back in the car no that is the last thing you need to do. You That's the scary part is you don't even know where they've been and you still think it's a good idea to put your head down on them. Just emergency purposes only. It doesn't matter. You can still get a disease by a disease. putting your... You could still get bed bugs by putting yeah. your head down on a pillow in an emergency situation. Lice is a possibility, but there's no lice in my trunk, so I don't know how they would get there. There could be lice anywhere. There could be bugs anywhere. <laughs> I, I suppose. I don't that know. Got, is really gross. We got winter coming up. It's cold. Kills all the bugs, the bacteria. It's like a whole neutralizing blanket of cold coming in. It'll be fun. I hope that you use the pillow and you get some type of disease. Oh, thanks. <laughs> nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. I hope you get ill with disease. <laughs> with a blanket. I hope you're racked with disease because you refuse to take my advice about not using a pillow and a blanket that have been stuffed in the trunk of your car All right. with boots 
and golf clubs and whatever else we pulled out of there. Skateboard was in there. Okay, I don't know. What is wrong with men? I do, I do not understand. <laughs> All right, so when I do put the blanket and the pillow back in, I no, will take your... No, don't do that. No, they're going back in. They have to. But they'll take your advice, and I'll put the pillowcase in, like, a Ziploc bag or something. So it How stays. long do you need to go without using them before you realize that you do not need them I, in your trunk? I've never used them, but what if I'm on the road, car breaks down, out at a party... Had a little more, consumed a little more than I wanted Call to. Call an Uber. Mm, but, well, you know, you never know where you are. It's just like it's an it's emergency You don't kit. know where you are? You don't always know. How much alcohol are you drinking? Uh, you never know. Oh, dear. Okay. See, th- the more you talk about your life away from work, the less I like you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's not talk about that anymore. <laughs> anyway, if you would like to laugh at James as well as on hell, then uh, make sure you check out our latest videos uh, on our YouTube channel. By the way, I would just like to point out that everyone loves Jay more than they love me. Jay is definitely the more popular one here. Oh, that's not even really true. It's people get on my case all the time. You're so mean to Jay. Why would he want to work with you? I mean, he's kind of stuck here. He doesn't really have a choice. He probably would leave if he had a choice. (laughs) (laughs) Well... (laughs) Uh, I'll miss you. Bye. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, and and Jay, too. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Do you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket Cam. It's good, clean fun on our YouTube channel. All kinds of goofy videos. And our goal has been to change up the backgrounds and the settings in 2022. So we've been at a park. We've been in a parking lot (laughs) near a basketball court. And there was, I'm pretty sure a man without a shirt on in the background playing hoops. We've been in our backyard. Let's see, where else have we done videos? We've done one. We've done one in a conference room here at work. We've done another in a studio. We actually took over Marco Belletti's studio to do our Wordle video. Uh, We've been in our main studio. We've been all over the place. So, Definitely check that out. The the one thing that we wanted to do that didn't, that we didn't do, and and I think we'll have other opportunities down the road, but we got to the baseball game at Fenway Park. First of all, it was 100 degrees with the humidity, and it it was just one of those days where you like didn't feel as though you looked presentable for video. We were like just dripping the whole day. It was part of the experience, but also... When it's Saturday and we're going to a baseball game, we just didn't want to work. <laughs> and doing videos feels like work. So yeah. <laughs> we yeah. didn't we didn't want to do that. And then we went to a hockey game too and talked about doing a video there. And I think Jay ended up trying to do some recording, but it just eh, we weren't some, feeling it. Got some B roll in there, but B roll. <laughs> But also, we were right in front of a TV booth. If I'm not mistaken, Kenny Albert was directly behind us. And so we just felt a little self-conscious. Or I did. I don't know if Jay did. But I felt a little self-conscious about doing a video in the middle of the press box. So we didn't do that. Block Kenny's view of the uh, call. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had to tell Jay to pipe down because he starts, Mm. like, cheering in the – who had the hat trick in the first period? Andrew Kopp. That's right. And and so we were in – uh, we were on Long Island. We were in the Islanders' new arena. 
UBS. Very nice. It is very nice. Uh, and we were there to see Islanders Rangers. And it was Jay's first opportunity to go to a hockey game on uh, a press pass. And I had to try to remind him that you do not cheer in a press box, even if it's open air and it feels like you're sitting in the stands. You're not. And there are people who sit in these press boxes who, A, are looking around, B, will tattle on you if you cheer in the press box. And so for that reason, I a couple of times, plus the fact that Kenny Albert was directly behind us. A couple of times. Yes, it was twice, at least. No. Yes, it was. I was ready to move down and pretend like we were not together. It was barely once because... You remember even, things so selectively. Like maybe a minor, like little fist bump, like to myself. No. Like, ex- okay. No. You're. He makes that stuff. It. That's up. what happened. I, I don't know how in the world you come up with these tales. <laughs> did I stand up and They're yell? They're farcical. You did, in fact, let out a, ah, an exclamation. <laughs> yes, you <What>? did. <laughs> I Maybe mean, that wasn't the exact tone or syllable, but you definitely cheered. And I was like, Jay, you cannot do that. And then the next time was a fist bump, fist pump, because I was not fist bumping you. It was a fist pump. It's a slander. <laughs> oh, is it? Is it? Well, I'm going to write it down and then it'll be libel as yes. well as slander. Yes. Why not? Let's get them both in there. <laughs> yes, let's absolutely do, because it's my word against yours. Huh. It's After Hours here on CBS Sports Radio. If you need more to make you laugh, as if videos of Jay with a disgusting pillow in his trunk is not enough, uh, or us carving up a video stabbing Josephine, our pumpkin cried. Uh, If you need more than that, you've got to check out the photo. Oh, shoot. I didn't put it up on uh, Facebook yet. Sorry. Jay will do this for me because, you know, he loves working on the show. Uh, Penny, (laughs) my dog lives for the... 30 seconds every day when she gets to roll in my yard. That, our yard, sorry. It's, she lives there too. Uh, she loves that. She lives for 30 seconds when we come back from our afternoon walk. She doesn't do it in the mornings. I don't know why. Maybe because the, the grass is still wet from the dew. She does not roll on the grass in the morning. But in the afternoons, I take her off her leash because once we're back on her street, whatever, she'll get there eventually. She knows where she's going. And so I go back by my fence to to dispose of the waste. And she stands in the front yard. She takes a breath because now it's hard for her. She's She'll be 13 in two weeks. She takes a breath. She gets all ready for it. And she plops down and rolls twice in the yard. Uh, in the leaves. And now my front yard is covered by leaves. No judging. Actually, judge if you want. I couldn't care less. Uh, two days ago, Jay knows this. Two days ago, there were no leaves in my front yard. And now my front yard is covered by leaves. It just happened that quickly. And Penny is no help with the leaves. And what she really wants to do every day, 30 seconds of unadulterated bliss, just rolling in the yard. And she can only make it over and back twice now. In fact, she gives up sometimes halfway through the twice. Because, but... You have got to see the expression on her face. Jay, what is what is she doing? What is her face doing? I don't my mom was like, "What is well, look at those teeth?" <laughs> yeah, that grin is something else. She's very much in her element. <laughs> She's grinning. Here I'm going to retweet. It it was a happy November. So you can find it on my Twitter Alaw Radio or now on our Facebook page. Thank you, Jay. After hours with Amy Lawrence because That is what joy looks like. (laughs) The dog is almost 13. Uh, We go slower than molasses. She sleeps 18 hours a day. 
Uh, she's on diabetes insulin shots. She has other types of anti-inflammatories and steroids that she takes. Uh, she has chronic bronchitis, so she's not on steroids. She coughs, and it sounds really terrible. And yet, this is my happy dog. Also, whenever she sees people, she sprints out the door. Like, I don't even know where she... I thought she couldn't run anymore, but when people oh. come to visit... She sprints out the door. I thought she was just really excited to see me the other day. Everyone gets that yes, treatment? Yes, shoot. That's what I meant. I oh, meant when man. Jay shows up to the door. Damn. <laughs> this, is why, <laughs> this is why I know that she would be the worst watchdog ever because Jay shows up and what does she do? Run out there like it's, it's her BFF. What, what am I, a burglar? Well, no, <laughs> but you could be an intruder. I, I suppose, but yeah, she was very open to my, to my arrival. She sprinted, and then the funny part was after she went and went to the bathroom, she comes back and is running while well, she's jogging toward Jay and I, but she, as I walk back to the front door, she realizes that her food is in the house, and that's it. Jay calls her. She's like, sorry. She was done. Yeah, that, I mean, I'm out. Can't compete with the kibbles. <laughs> It's actually I am's, but okay. I am's too. I am's too. So happy November from Penny and those gigantic teeth. It's so funny. She looks mean with those teeth. It's like a huge grin. My mom said, zoom in and see how big her teeth are. Anyway, she's happy. She loves those 30 seconds every afternoon where she gets to roll in the yard and I don't tell her to get up. I don't tell her to go inside. I just wait until she's done. <laughs> that is happiness personified. True joy. Uh, so on Twitter, on Facebook, you can see that. And yes, please check out Jay's nasty pillow in his trunk on our YouTube channel. But that's not it. There are other really cool things on our YouTube channel as well. I just can't think of any of those right now. <laughs> Great. <laughs> our phone number is 855-212-4227. Now, this hour, you're going to hear from a lot of the NFL players who were traded before the deadline. Uh, it's kind of funny to hear Naeem Hines go from being anti-Josh Allen to pro-Josh Allen. It's like someone switching from Democrat to Republican because, I don't know, because they were forced to or because they were paid a lot of money. Uh, so, yeah, you've got Naeem Hines and then Josh Allen, who's really excited to add him to the offense as another wrinkle. Uh, you've got Chase Claypool talking about being in Chicago and playing with Justin Fields, which I think is neat. And also Mike Tomlin explaining why they traded away uh, Chase Claypool. Roquan Smith joining the Baltimore Ravens. And if you remember, he was supremely emotional after Robert Quinn was traded away to remind me where Robert Quinn was traded. The Eagles. The Eagles. Uh, so remember, he found out the news while he was at a press conference, and he actually asked for a minute, hey, I'm going to need a minute here because he got choked up. He was really emotional. And not even a week later, he's out the door and on his way to Baltimore, and now he's the one who's answering questions about being traded. Uh, and then you have Aaron Rodgers and Bill Belichick on no trades, which <laughs> we know Aaron Rodgers idolizes Bill Belichick when it comes to the press conferences. Also, a bit of a bombshell from Washington Commander's land. Uh, so we'll get into that, too, coming up next. And still ahead, more conversation about Kyrie. And if the book should be closed, is it closed? His about face, his apology that he issued in a statement, is this the end of it? I could be wrong, but I am pretty sure that NBA players have been suspended in the past. In fact, I remember Kobe Bryant. I, I do not remember what year it was. Kobe Bryant getting caught on camera mouthing a gay slur. And I'm fairly certain he got suspended for that.
He wasn't saying it on a microphone. It wasn't audible on the TV camera, but the camera could see his mouth or was pointed toward his mouth and it caught him mouthing this word or saying this word and he was suspended for it. The NBA has suspended for far less, let's be honest. Now I don't I'm not necessarily saying he deserves a suspension and I've I've made my my point clear on this. I've made my opinions clear on this. I certainly can do it again. But I am saying that the league because of its culture and because of how it wants to brand itself it's interesting that you have two different things at work here. Number 1, they generally tend to crack down hard on any type of discrimination or prejudice. But number two, they also do allow the players to get away with a lot, especially the high-profile star players. So it's, yeah, it's confusing why we haven't heard a whole lot. Until today, we finally got the joint statement from Kyrie and the Nets, but haven't yet heard anything from Kyrie specifically because the Nets didn't want him speaking to the media. On Twitter, A Law Radio, on our Facebook page too. It's good to have you with us on this Wednesday night into a Thursday morning. A no hitter in Philadelphia for the Astros. Many of you just assume that they're cheating still. No, not under Dusty Baker, they're not. That would tarnish his reputation, and he is not about that after all of his years in Major League Baseball. So, yes, a no-hitter, a combined no-hitter in the World Series. Most importantly, Phillies and Astros are now tied at two, which means we will have a Game 5 on Thursday, and we will have a Game 6 on Saturday night. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. to goal with the one, 26 seconds to go. Heineke's under center, Robinson is the back. Two wide receivers to the left. In motion, Cam Sims. Heineke keeps it, goes for the end zone. What's the call? Touchdown. Touchdown! Touchdown, Washington! A one-yard run by Heineke! This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. On Commander's Radio, Taylor Heineke and the Commander's comeback against the Indianapolis Colts. All the rage for the last few days, but those headlines and the excitement over three consecutive wins usurped by some bigger news coming out of the D.C. area. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I know that many of you saw the news because I did, in fact, get uh, some of your tweets, your Facebook posts, and really it was twofold. It was a double whammy. First, we found out that the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Eastern District of Virginia has opened up an investigation into the commanders. And not just any type of investigation, but a criminal investigation into allegations that the commanders, and this would be, of course, the Snyder family, Dan Snyder is the owner, that they engaged in, here's the term, financial improprieties. And prosecutors are reportedly focused on a couple of different areas where they believe either fraud or improper reporting or, in some cases, illegal use and appropriation of funds occurred. Deceptive 
business practices. Now, the team issued a statement indicating that it's more falsehoods. These are anonymous sources. We're confident that once there's an investigation, everybody will know the allegations are simply untrue. But this will now be a third investigation into the commanders because, you know, going back to, hmm, I guess it was last year, there was one investigation that resulted in the $10 million fine and the suspension for Daniel Snyder. There was no written report, remember? That was the one that generated the emails that somehow surfaced and led to the resignation of John Gruden. But there was nothing else that came out. And according to Roger Goodell, there is no written report. Funny how that happens. Or the documents were destroyed, one or the other. It's like the NFL's version of Watergate. So that investigation resulted in the punishments that we heard about from Roger Goodell and that he spoke about when he was called to testify on Capitol Hill. Now there's a second investigation, and this is another NFL-generated investigation, which is the Mary Jo White investigation. She's the former SEC chair, and this investigation is still in process, and this is about the sexual misconduct. So it's about workplace allegations. It's about the fact that inside Washington football headquarters, There are multiple women who have accused either their superiors or just the organization overall of not only allowing sexual misconduct and harassment, but in fact, having a workplace environment where it was not only encouraged, but it was common. So that's the Mary Jo White investigation that is still ongoing. It actually includes an accusation against Snyder himself for sexually assaulting a woman on a plane going back to 2009. All right, so you've got two separate investigations, both generated by the NFL, one of them still ongoing. This other investigation comes from, well, comes from Capitol Hill, comes from the government, and it's the Eastern District of Virginia and the U.S. Attorney's Office, and this is an a federal criminal investigation. And you can go and you can read about it, but apparently the committee is looking into allegations that actually were generated by former employees who testified, also the access to emails and documents from inside the team. And they reportedly show a pattern of these deceptive business practices and and financial cheating with the money that Daniel Snyder was making. So keeping money from season ticket holders when they were owed refunds, not reporting all of the league revenue so that they didn't have to share. You you may or may not know this, but all NFL teams are required to put money into a pot. They have to share. Not everything that they make, but it's part of being a league. It's, it's their league bylaws. You don't get to keep everything you make, carte blanche. It's, we'll call it dues. I mean, I belong to a union, right? So I have to pay into the union, pay into the dues, pay into the coffer. And so there is revenue sharing among the 32 NFL teams. And according to this investigation, 
the allegation is that Daniel Snyder and his team executives were withholding some of the revenue so they could keep it for themselves and not share it with the rest of the league. <laughs> I, I read this line that I thought was really interesting. Marco Belletti's here in studio. The business practice is known as juice inside Washington's front office. In fact, that's what they call it. In the commander's front office, it's termed juice mm -hmm. to keep some of this money for yourself as, as opposed to sharing everything you're supposed to share into the big old pot. You keep some on the side and it's called juice. Yeah, he's a real gangster. <laughs> oh, is that a gangster term? Yeah, the juice on, you know, if, you, if you're if you betting and you wind up, you know, you, you got to pay the vig, you got to pay the juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Why does that sound so like normal coming out of your mouth? You just like very comfortable, Mr. Italian monster no, no, no. over there. I, just, I like a lot of movies. That's all. <laughs> but, a lot of movies. Jay, and G, Jay watches movies. Did you know the term juice? I actually weirdly, I, I feel like maybe I've heard of it, and I feel like I watch similar movies like that, Casino, Goodfellas, mm. ones where that would be a term. But juice. Yeah, I don't know. That that did come out pretty naturally, though. I will. I will. A lot of movies. Say. It's all it is. A lot of movies. Juice. But in, could you imagine walking around your office, the commander's front office, and you use you just drop the term juice? Honestly, hey, from that? How's the juice? From the commanders? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there's anybody that thinks he's a gangster, it's gangster. Daniel Snyder. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and now, so that was the first bombshell, is that the U.S. Attorney's Office has taken what they found out in these hearings and has decided to launch a federal criminal investigation. The other staggering piece of news followed almost on the heels of that, and that is Daniel Snyder, the Snyder family, is at least looking into the possibility of selling the team. I just thought that was never going to happen. I reached out to a commander spokesperson to help me translate and help us translate what actually this means, what transactions. Is Daniel Snyder looking to sell just a small piece of the team, take on a minority partner, or would he actually finally sell the entire thing? What the spokesperson said to me, we are exploring all options. That is extremely significant, guys. This is the first time that Daniel Snyder or anyone representing him has even acknowledged the possibility of selling the team. Every single other time that he has had the opportunity to uh, acknowledge this or say it, or it has been all denials, 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 saying that he will never sell the team. This is the first time publicly that Dan Snyder says he may actually sell the team. And you guys know how this works. Once the door of possibility is open, there's going to be many, many people looking to kick it wide open. The interest in the commanders is going to be significant. Mm. It is going to be lucrative. There is so much here, including a potential stadium that Daniel Snyder previously had tried to get built but had no success doing it. This is the first time we can realistically talk about Daniel Snyder no longer owning the Washington Commanders. That's Ian Rappaport on NFL Network. So, yes, this was a double whammy on top of the investigation, this idea that the Snyders may actually look into or are looking into a potential sale of the team. Now, two things come to mind. Number one, that's got to mean they're afraid. They are afraid of what this investigation is going to uncover. And so what do you do? It's like, I'll break up with you before you break up with me. I will get out from underneath the team. I will start the process of selling the team before you can take my team from me. And so we know that they're 
have been rumblings among other owners about potentially calling for a vote where it would take 24 of the 32 owners to force Daniel Snyder to sell. Now, it doesn't mean they would take the revenue from him or he wouldn't be able to enjoy the billions of dollars. But if something would happen in which this investigation would go forward quickly and these types of criminal charges and frauds might be proven accurate or true, he could go to jail. So it behooves him now to start thinking about how can I profit on a, on the sale of the team while the team is still in good standing and while I can still make <clears throat> billions of dollars. So to me, this feels like getting out in front of it because not only is the NFL going to look more favorably or uh, on a potential vote to force him, but this is his opportunity to still be dealing from a position of strength as opposed to having to sell the team because, oh my God, he's going to jail type of a thing. Yeah, I would actually put it as much as it, to me, I don't think he's getting out in front of it uh, to keep it with the movie reference. I think he already got the Michael Corleone speech. They gave him an offer he couldn't refuse. I think they finally strong-armed him. I think they finally got him in a corner. When you say they, who do you mean? I think it's all the NFL owners. I think it's the investigations. I think they finally got a chance to talk to Daniel Snyder. I think it's been going on for years and he knew it was possible, but he's been fighting it the whole time. I think they finally got through to him that, look, if you don't do this, it's jail. It's not just the loss of the team. I think there's there's there other you part of it. You think the NFL has clout with the U.S. Attorney's I, Office, though? No, I think the U.S. Attorney's Office plus the NFL, I think he saw the writing on the wall with all of it. I think his attorneys are finally— I know they are, but there's still all these people that are involved. Billionaires know what's coming down. True. And there's too many lawyers that are involved that they finally got to Snyder and get him to understand, you're going to lose this. There's too much here. Get out now. And maybe, just maybe, his attorneys could convince the U.S. Attorney's Office that, hey, he's no longer part of the team. He got out and of it. And everything goes away. Right. And, Take and your money and walk away. Something else that you said that, that actually resonates with me, I wouldn't be surprised if the owners had gotten together and done a straw vote because we know these guys don't do anything without being assured of victory. Right. They all know. Like, and when, they had the meeting not long ago. I'm pretty sure that right. straw vote was quick. Going back to when we they were choosing, and this was all very political which team would join the Rams at right. SoFi Stadium there was a vote but they already knew what the results were going to be before they voted right. because they each had their own political and uh, you know their cronies and their affiliations right. so maybe at these recent owners meetings coming out of that Jim Ursay speaks out yep. you, we can see the writing on the wall and they're saying to him a little bit like what was happening in Charlotte with Jerry Richardson right. he sold before he was forced to sell but they were going to make him sell that Daniel Snyder knows that's coming, and that they said to him, we won't embarrass you publicly if you start right. the sales process right. now. And I think this has been going on for a long time. For me, the first domino that fell on this whole thing of him actually possibly selling, even though he's been telling you that absolutely no, right. was when they changed the name. That was something that he had been so vehemently true, against true. for so long. That was something, I'm never going to do that. As long as I'm the owner, it'll never happen. And all these things were coming out, and all these rumblings, and all these investigations, and then all of a sudden, you know what? Let's change the name. I don't believe in anybody doing it. I don't believe in anybody seeing the light automatically and something. Oh, we had to use. No, no, no. He was the same guy. He knew. He thought this maybe can get everybody off his back because he knew it was something that everybody wanted him to do. That was the first step to me that I was like, oh man, he might be in some serious trouble. He may have to lose this team. That was the first step. I think this is the last one. I think it's over. So it's kind of sickening that, well, sickening. I mean, it's his business, but 
if he is in fact engaging criminal activity and and man there are a lot of accusations here not just about workplace culture but about his finances he still stands to make five billion dollars on the sale of this team easy he could buy a private island where there's no extradition treaty with the u.s and disappear easy which is why again the idea of oh look, you feel bad for him they took his team please stop Stop. Oh, yeah. No, I. no one should feel Stop. badly for Dan Snyder right. or Tanya Snyder or the Snyder family. Right. We're talking about life-changing money. The, I think this is the number. The Waltons, the Walton Penners just mm-hmm. bought the Broncos for $4.65 billion. It will take $5 billion to buy the Commanders Easy. easily. They're an iconic franchise. They've been there forever. They, It'd I be mean, more than that. Yeah. Five, can you imagine? Five billion dollars because you're running scared and getting out, and you're being forced to sell, but you're still making five billion dollars. Billionaires don't fall the way we fall. <laughs> I they mean, just I don't. fall and hit my face flat on the floor. They just don't. No, they definitely don't. So it's different. Forbes has the commanders estimated at five point six billion right now. Stop it. That's an estimation before they actually go on the block, and right. then you know as well Whoa. as I do, there will be a lot of people that want to get their hands. On that team. That oh, is an yeah. iconic franchise. And you're getting them at the absolute rock bottom of what they've been going on for for since the since Daniel Snyder came into the league. You could be looked at as heroes if you can resurrect that franchise. That's for me, you're starting the bidding at six billion. Oh my gosh. And Ian Rappaport mentioned there will be people coming out of the woodwork. I mean, think about the number of people that mm-hmm. at least threw their hat in the ring for the Broncos. Um, and the kind of money that it takes, it eliminates. There's only so many people in the world who can afford it. <clears throat> Jeff Bezos. Ooh, interesting. Is there any, are there skeletons in his closet, though? Oh, I'm sure. There's skeletons <laughs> in anybody's closet, never mind billionaires. Oh, true. I'm sure there's plenty. It's true. But he's already... Um, A-Rod's so desperate to own something. <laughs> that'd be a little rich for his blood. Yeah, he doesn't uh, have th- the money. That's Bezos has been trying to get in, and now with the Amazon partnership, it wouldn't shock me if... Again, it was a little incestuous. If we're discussing this, that means that they're already 10 10 steps ahead of us. So the lobbyists have already gone to work. I'm just throwing it out there. That's a guy that wants it, has money, and has influence. Would not shock me. Well, and don't you remember he was sitting next to Roger Goodell at uh-huh. a recent game? Was it the debut? Yeah, no. For the they, Amazon Prime. Got to be there it, on it's Thursday Goodell, night. It's good, part of Goodell's job to rub, rub elbows with billionaires. Yes, for sure. All right, we're running a little bit late, but I appreciate the input of Marco Belletti. Uh, thank you, Jay, for looking that up, too. So on Twitter, A-Law Radio, if you want to weigh in. I know we've got some Commanders fans who are over the moon. It could take a while, or it could happen very quickly. I mean, this could be done in a matter of months. Let's hope for that. That's the one thing that you just hope that this doesn't drag out for a two-year thing of with this bid, that bid. Get them out of here. Move it along. Get that big giant, whoever it is, billionaire that's going to come in, swoop in, and take control. The faster we can get rid of Daniel Snyder, I think I speak for all of us here, the better. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. He hasn't sort of shied away in the past, but I think the last, uh, you know, post-game meeting, you know, didn't go well. And, and, you know, I think we're not trying to, you know, cover it up. I think this is something that needs to be addressed, but let's address it in the right form and fashion. When that is, you know, we'll, we'll let you guys know. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. 
The voice of Nets general manager Sean Marks, the same one that KD wanted fired as a condition of him returning to play for the Nets in 22-23. Well, as it turns out, that did not happen. Apparently, it's water under the bridge, but Steve Nash, of course, and the team mutually agreed to part ways. And and the more I think about it, and having listened to our guest Brian Lewis from the New York Post on last night's show, uh, I'm confident that Nash feels great relief now and that he is able to sleep just fine. Uh, this was a lot of stress, most of which had nothing to do with basketball. It was a lot that was on his plate. It was a lot that was handed to him that he was expected to navigate, not just the egos, but the personalities, the constant drama with Kyrie Irving KD wanting his job after KD and Kyrie told the world that on on any given night, I could be the coach or you could be the coach or maybe Steve could be the coach. I mean, they got everything they wanted in Brooklyn. While I do not think that they were directly responsible for Steve Nash's exit this week, I do believe that they stopped listening to him. And that's essentially what we heard from Brian and what insiders are saying is that he had lost the team. They just weren't paying attention to him. And Steve made reference to that a couple of times himself. This was not coaching basketball anymore. It had morphed into something far more frustrating. It had morphed into something far more challenging It had delved into areas that few coaches are either prepared or equipped or interested in dealing with. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. So by now, maybe you've seen the joint statement that Kyrie Irving issued with the Nets as well as this Anti-Defamation League. They announced half million dollars in donations to, well, to various groups. But the idea is that Kyrie didn't about face. And something that Marco said about Dan Snyder resonated with me a little bit. And I was going to make a crack about Kyrie Irving, but it's actually not funny. He said, people don't change like that. They don't do an about face. And I, yeah, I mean, I I don't know that I agree with that. I think people do change. Sometimes people have a come to Jesus moment. Sometimes they actually do find religion or God. Sometimes they have such a turning point in their lives that they can no longer see their lives the same way. Maybe it's a a brush with death. Maybe it's uh, an illness or a disease that they survive. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one. It's some type of traumatic experience. There are a lot of reasons why people change. So I don't agree that leopards never change their spots. We're human beings. We have the ability to change. I just don't think there was any reason why Daniel Snyder would. And he's been pretty consistent along the way in indicating that he didn't do anything wrong, that these are all false accusations, that anything that happened in the organization that was improper, he knew nothing about it anyway. I mean, he's done nothing but deny, deny, deny. So Marco makes a fair point about not believing that Daniel Snyder was sincere in indicating that he wanted to change the name of the team. Fine. That's an age-old debate. People are on both sides of it. 
But coming back to Kyrie Irving, I would agree that in this particular case, there's no way he just had an epiphany and changed his mind. Now, after the top of the hour, we'll let you hear from one loud voice inside the NBA community who believes that the league itself should have stepped in and taken a drastic step with Kyrie Irving. Maybe, just maybe, that's where this is coming from. Behind the scenes, the Nets gave him an ultimatum. You either apologize or we're going to bench you. Or maybe it was the league privately behind the scenes saying to the Nets, you either do something about this or we're going to step in. However, there are going to be many people who say Kyrie got off scot-free or Kyrie got off with no real negative impact other than having to deal with it a couple of times publicly and having to delete a post on his social media. He was still playing basketball. Now, I think it's unfair to always jump to the conclusion that people believe everything that they share or believe everything that is on their social. But in the case of Kyrie, he's been pretty defiant about it. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.